Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, you are an awesome God. Awesome, awesome are your ways, Lord. Truly, Lord, when you say, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Father, we we don't even understand what it says, but Lord, truly, your ways are even past finding out. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the glory and the honor of God. How unsearchable are your riches. To you, Father, belong all the glory and the adoration, the power and the praise. And this morning, Father, or even as we come once again, O Lord, on this Sabbath day, to the ministry of your word, Father, who is sufficient to proclaim your word? None of us is, O Lord. And therefore, this morning, I pray, Lord, that you would have mercy upon us, mercy upon me, animate me and speak to us through your spirit. Perfect the giftings that you have given to us for your glory, O Lord. Keep us from error. Keep me from error. And Lord, you take control this morning, Father. Let your Holy Spirit have absolute control over the entire ministry of God's word, Lord, this morning. We surrender ourselves to you this morning once again. All of us in the speaking and the hearing. And I pray, Lord, you would anoint us all to hear, to speak, to obey. Teach us your ways. Show us your paths. And lead us in the way of everlasting life. To that end I pray that you would bless this time of the ministry of God's word. We thank you, we praise you for in Jesus name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You know, one of the, um, I've learned so many things when I, when I came to just came to church, uh, especially our church. Um, and one of the verses that constantly we pray um, is uh, you don't have to turn there yet. Um, is as a fifty four thirteen. We'll come. To, we'll come to that later on. It says uh, all our all your children will be taught of the Lord, and and great will be the peace of our children. Uh, and uh, that word kind of just became a mantra over a period of time. No? I mean, I just heard it, and I just loved it so much. And I studied it in different contexts, and I started praying it, and I added a little bit because uh, the word taught has so many uh, meanings in the Hebrew language. It means to be taught, to learn, to be disciplined, to be discipled, etc. So I, I just prayed, and all our children will be disciplined, discipled, and taught of the Lord. And I just became kind of a mantra for me, almost, almost. And then I started praying that in my in my uh, in my school also. And every day in the morning when I uh, finish my finish the devotion. I just pray that over our children and it became the mantra for the children also now. They all say, what does your, what does your pastor say? All of our children will be disciplined, discipled and taught of the Lord and great will be the peace of our children. You know, it's a fantastic verse and, and it's, it's quoted by Jesus and of course he's quoting from Isaiah chapter 54 and, uh, I want to, I want to put that in context today and I, w- I want to show you some very, uh, um, important truths that we have to learn from that particular verse. Let's turn to John's Gospel, chapter 6, and then we'll go to Isaiah 54, 13. Let's read from verses 41 onwards. John's Gospel, chapter 6, and verse 41 to 45. John's Gospel, 6, verses 41 to 45. Then the Jews complained about him, because he said, I am the bread which came from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then, he says, I have come down from heaven? 
Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. What a powerful statement that is. No one can come to him unless the Father who sent me draws him. So everyone who comes to the Lord, doesn't matter what background you are from, you know what has happened? God has sovereignly worked in your life and he has drawn you to himself. And I will raise him up in the last day. And then he says, and he, in order to kind of um, uh, strengthen that statement that he's making, in verse 45, he kind of reinforces that statement. He says this, is it's in verse 45 of John's Gospel, chapter 6. It is written in the prophets, and it's quoting from Isaiah chapter 54. And they shall be taught by whom? By God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. It's amazing. What a verse. It says, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to him. And therefore, everyone who joins him and who came to Jesus, they heard, they were what? They heard and they learned. From whom? From that Father. And they were all what? Taught by God. Important to understand this. Now, if you turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter eight, Pastor was praying that in the morning. He was talking to us. Let's read from verses one, two, and three. Let's let's read from verses one, two, and three. Luke's Gospel, chapter eight. Now, it came to pass after that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. Okay, and certain women. Now, this is apart from the twelve. Okay, who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom came seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Chuzah, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. What are they doing? They were all drawn to him. And what does Jesus say? Everyone who is taught by God comes to me. And these are all people who are what? Not, not, they don't have very strong educational backgrounds. They're not from the Ivy League universities. No. They are normal people and they are being taught by what? God. Now, I want you to look at something, uh, some, uh, some verses before I want to go to the meat of today's word. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13 and verse 52. One of my favorite verses again. It says, the th- three kinds of people. Uh, very interesting. Okay. Now, uh, if you can put it in the NASB, it'll be great. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. It says, Jesus said to them, therefore, every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like a head of the household who brings out of his treasure things new and old. And if you look at this, if you dissect this verse, there are obviously three kinds of people. Who are those people? First is the scribe. And he says, every scribe who has become a disciple. That means not all scribes are disciples. There is a graduation from the the scribe level to the disciple level. And he doesn't become a disciple, just normal disciple. He becomes a disciple of the kingdom of heaven. And if you look at the gospel of Matthew, it's an obsession with the kingdom of God. And the gospel is what? The kingdom of God. The word of God is the word of the kingdom. Alright, and it says, therefore, every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like the head of the house or the master of the house. So you have three kinds of people over there. You have scribes who graduate to be disciples and ultimately disciples who can be entrusted with treasures. Ultimate treasure is what? Revelation. 
Right? That's what it says. That's the reason I says every deacon should hold forth the mystery of the gospel in a good conscience. Right? They are the people who can be entrusted. That's what Paul tells Timothy. The things you have heard from me, what should you do? Entrust it, thank you. Entrust it into faithful men who would be able to teach others as well. You see, four generations he's talking about there. Therefore, you see, every, everybody who starts as a scribe has to graduate to the level of a disciple. And every disciple, if you turn to Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 13, what does it say? Hmm. Every disciple, Okay, and if you can put it in the NSB again, thank you, it'll be great. Okay, this is NASB. All your sons will be taught, all your children will be, actually the word is discipled or disciplined, discipled of the Lord and the well-being of your sons will be great. And NKJV uses the word and great will be the what? The peace of your children. Now tell me, let me tell you something. There are two kinds of disciples in the Bible. Okay? Two kinds of disciples. I mean, I'm saying two kinds of disciples. Understand this very carefully. If you see, at least two kinds. Okay, at least two kinds. Let me make that statement. There are disciples who are directly discipled by God. Who are they? Disciples who are directly discipled by God. And there are disciples who are discipled by others. You got it? Disciples who are directly discipled by God and they are disciples who are discipled by others. But in both these discipleship programs, who is discipling you if you are a genuine son of God? God. Okay, now think, look, think about this. All your children will be what? Discipled by God. Now in other words, it doesn't matter if God is discipling you directly or God is using a human instrument to disciple you. Everyone should be what? Discipled and be taught by God. Understand this distinction very carefully. Okay. So, you have people who are scribes. Okay. And then you have to become disciples. From a scribe, you become a disciple when? When you're being taught by who? By God. Notwithstanding the fact that God might be using human instruments to disciple you. So let me give you examples of, um, of, 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 um, of these, of these two kinds of discipleship programs. Okay. But before I go, I just want to quote somebody, a man of God. We can all be discipled by men, but only those who are discipled by God are true disciples. What did I say? It's very important, okay? We can all be discipled by men. But only those among these people are being discipled by men, by men who are being discipled by God are true disciples. So, therefore, we need to be absolutely sure that in the process of being discipled, the ultimate source of our being discipled is who? Is God. Understand? All the children will be taught of the Lord. So what is the difference between a disciple and a scribe? Scribe only speaks but never does. Matthew chapter 23 will talk about. They all, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, listen to them but don't follow them. <laughs> you see, it's a very interesting word. The word in the Hebrew is basically limud or lamad, which actually means two things. 
to teach and to learn. Now think about that. The person who can teach is a person who can learn. And both these processes have to happen simultaneously in a disciple. Okay. And, and primarily, no, not mix, doesn't matter who is discipling you. It could be God or man. God is using. You should ensure that God is discipling you. Okay. How many of you want God as your instructor? Is a question. That will be awesome, isn't it? God should be your instructor. Oh, well, is it that easy? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> okay, I, I don't know, I don't know. So, so understand this. So let, let us do, look at examples of these two kinds of discipleship programs from the Bible. The first kind, I mean, look at the entire Bible. I look at one person is Moses. Directly discipled by who? By God. Okay, no human vessels were used. Maybe only baby during his childhood, maybe his mother kind of maybe instilled a little bit of uh, the Jewish heritage into him. But you'll see 40 years in the backside of a desert. Okay, God discipled him. And if you think it is better to be directly discipled by God, no, it is not. Okay, those people who cannot handle it are the ones who God, whom God uses as a human instruments, basically. Okay, you cannot handle this. Oh, I want to be only directly discipled by God. Okay, nobody chooses it. By, by the way, God will not allow those choices because God is sovereign in all these situations. It says Moses in the backside of the desert. Okay, was broken by God. Ultimately, he became the who? You will say the deliverer of Israel. I'll tell you not. He became the meekest of all the men on the earth. And he became so meek that he could confess it and not get proud. Moses, you are meek. Yes, I am meek. Please write it down. I am the meekest of all people on earth. And you will not go into his head. A man who truly had a shepherd's heart and the heart of an intercessor. And we said, you know, Lord, take my life. Okay. First. Second, a guy who I believe directly was mentored by God was David. He did have Samuel, but possibly Samuel didn't have the chance to. This guy was in the wilderness. Pre-Goliath, post-Goliath. Okay. Pre-anointing, post-anointing. In the wilderness. And what did he have to learn? He had to learn how to handle rejection. It was very difficult for people to accept him. No was so difficult to people to accept him even while he was king at the prime. Suddenly everybody said Absalom is king. You see. So he was discipled by God. Chased by his, for his life. And then he became a man who was broken. And it says about David, God, he was a man after God's own heart who fulfilled God's purpose in his generation. Another man who was directly discipled by God. We've been studying about his life. Elijah. Suddenly appears in the scene. Elijah the who? (laughs) Tishbite. Nobody knows who he is. Okay. Discipled by God. And he has the audacity to say, the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand. Okay. That's a declaration. He was so fantastically discipled. He comes like that and he goes like that. Uh, there was no other plan B for him. Okay, he comes like that and he disappears like that. 
directly under the discipline of God at Zarephath and at Kerioth. Every place. You see the hand of God over his life. Okay. If you come to the new covenant, of course, the end of the old covenant is John the Baptist. Directly discipled by God. Where? In the wilderness. It says, even though his father and mother are the priests, it says he was in the deserts until the time of his appearing to the children of Israel. What was he doing? Being discipled by God. Look at what it says. Now, Luke's, Luke's Gospel chapter 3. I want to show you these verses so that you'll understand the differences. Okay, Luke's Gospel chapter 3, verses 1 onwards. Now, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, we know this verse very well, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip tetrarch of Ituria and the region of uh, Traconitus, and uh, Lysanias tetrarch of Abilene, and Annas and Caiaphas are high priests. The word of the Lord came to the son of Zechariah, where? In the wilderness. The word of the Lord came to him. What does it mean? Directly being discipled by God. Now, Jesus, we know. Directly, of course. Okay. We know two things about his, at least one verse we know in Isaiah chapter 50. Okay. And I want you to put it in NASB also. Uh, 50 verses 4 and 4 to 6, we can read. Hmm? 4 to 6. Directly discipled by God. The Lord has given me the tongue of what? disciples, that I may know how to sustain a weary one with a word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my hear to listen as a disciple again. And then it says, the Lord has opened my ear and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. Who was we? Who was, who was, who was this person? It was Jesus himself directly being discipled by God. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pluck out my beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. So, Directly discipled by God. Another man? Paul, they are. You see, you see the natural progression. Well, ultimately is Paul. Okay. This is like a mathematical induction. Okay. And Paul, another man directly discipled by God. They were stalwarts over there who walked with God. They needed to walk with God, not this man. Maybe because he was more harder than those people. I don't know. God is sovereign. And it says in Galatians chapter 1, let's read from verse 15 onwards. Look at what it says. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. You see, I mean, in other words, remember this word flesh and blood occurs again another time in the entire Bible, when in Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus tells Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. This is exactly the same words over here in the, in the Greek. So he says, and it says in verse 17, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles and say, please mentor me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. How many years? Three years. And I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. I don't know what they did in 15 days. Maybe, you know, one man of God says they may be, they might have taken the tour of, uh, of Israel and Peter would have shown all the places where he betrayed Jesus and wept. I don't know. You know, we, they had fantastic fellowship. I don't know. We just don't know. But he was not mentored by them, by the way. He was directly, that is the reason why he makes in Galatians chapter 2, he makes us, makes us powerful statements. When I declared my gospel to those who were the stalwarts, okay, the so-called pillars of the church, I understood that they, they added nothing to me. They added what? Nothing. That means everything who taught you? God. Directly discipled by God. And it happens through churches too. You know, the Martin Luther was one guy. Directly discipled by God. Wesley was another guy. Directly discipled by God. And every time God wants to start a movement, you will find these guys coming up. Directly discipled by God. 
who wants to change the course of history. Derek Prince is one, Derek Prince is one guy who was directly discipled by God. Art Katz is another guy who was directly discipled by God. Now I can go to the next generation, but I'll create a lot of controversy. I'll stop there. Okay. Directly discipled by God. And you'll see that whenever God chooses a person and he directly mentors them, you know why he does that? Because he has a specific ministry for that person. And he has to train him or her for that specific ministry. And he calls them out. Nobody is doing it, actually. You know, it's like, you know, Paul who says, right, I, I want to go to this place. I do not want to build on somebody else's what? Foundation. That is what pioneers do. Okay. So people who directly get discipled by God are those people who start off something absolutely unique, a pioneer movement, which is, which is unbelievably powerful. And then God, uh, adds to them people like us who get disciples. So we're going to talk about the second category of people now. So I, how many of you think that you are directly disciplined? I don't think. I don't fall under those categories. The, the second kind of leadership is those kinds of disciples. And I want to look at examples who, who exploded into the ministry scene. And they, and they finished the ministries fantastically well because they came under Mentorship. The second kind of disciples. No, Moses had a Joshua. Only. Okay, I want to talk about that. David had mighty men. But three were set apart. Okay, okay. Elijah had a boy, what a guy. What a guy. Exploded into the scene. That is the kind of Jesus had his twelve who turned the world upside down. Okay, right side down. Thank you so much, Peter, for correcting me. Okay, Paul had his Titus and his Timothy. You know what, Timothy? Maybe in, in the future I'll possibly... Where are the Timothys is my next title, okay? If at all I'm coming. It's like a mathematical induction. Next next title. Where are, where are the Timothys? Paul had a Titus and a Timothy. These are the people who God used human vessels to disciple them. But the point is, they were all taught by what? God. That's the point. Notwithstanding the fact that God used human instruments, they had a supernatural idea. That's the reason why it says, I charge. You know what Paul tells Timothy? I charge you before God and before uh, the church and before the angels. That means there is a there is a level beyond the human level which is kind directly involved in all of our discipleship. You have to believe it with all of your heart. Okay, yes, that is something which you need to really be excited about. When I was studying this, I was so excited. I said, "Boy, I, I, I could see myself everywhere." And I hope I'll continue like that. No, you see, I, this is what I was so excited about, and I said, "This is what I want to share," because most of us in God. God has sovereignly placed us in a church where we are not directly discipled by God. Thankfully. Because I am looking at all these people who are directly discipled by God. And I said, no, no, it is better to be safe than to be sorry. (laughs) And you can see, Joshua was safe. Elisha was safe. David's mighty men were safe under David. Jesus and his 12 disciples, leave them, please let them go. You take me. Okay. Titus and Timothy were safe. Paul was in prison. Okay. 
so it is better <laughs> better to be safe than to be sorry okay i just i'm just kidding that was tongue in cheek so the point is this the point is this even though god is using human instruments we have to move from what we call as scribes to becoming disciples and what is the ultimate disciple who's taught by god you want to be a person who's taught by god god looks at all of you and says okay okay richard i want to teach you just think about it now if 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 you were to send your resume to i mean like you have several universities and you have iit you have several iits and you have the cream i'm not going to mention the name and then you have several universities in the world and you have mit okay if okay that guy will be my student you know you should see the joy in the faces of the people from my universities when they get admissions into carnegie mellon mit oh they are like the professor will walk like with a choda with a uh, with with his chhati like this he he gets a modiji chhati by the time he he has his students going to all these uh, georgia tech and caltech and uc berkeley and all these um, abominations okay <laughs> and, you, know, you see you should see how they should joy in their face i got accepted by the top professor and what does jesus say all your children will be oh you want to be taught by the lord so the problem is otherwise see there is no plan b by the way <laughs> as a, as a, okay okay i don't want to be taught by the lord let me somebody else teach me there's no there's no plan b as i said no like sister says plan b is only oh okay okay right there's no plan b so what should be the characteristics of those people who will want to be the people who are to be taught by god is a question see otherwise what happens is 1317 will happen what will happen 1317 in kjv which 1317 john 1317 okay <clears throat> john 1317 if we know these things ah what is it if you know these things happy are you if you do them <laughs> i'll tell you something if you know these things miserable are you if you don't do them that's the problem <laughs> okay i'll tell you honestly if you know much and you're doing very little you will be some of the most miserable people people on the earth and the fact of the matter is i mean if you come to our church especially you get fed and you know so much <laughs> okay and the direct uh, i see uh, conclusion we might come to is because they know so much they should be the happiest and the most uh, excitable people on earth but it's the the evidence is to the contrary why now i'm not pointing fingers but i'm just telling why because we know so much <laughs> and we do very little we still are at what level scribe level So that is the reason why we need to have become scribes like who Ezra. Thank you, Doctor Luke. You are like you are on the money now. Ezra seven ten. Okay, Ezra seven ten. What does it say? Ezra seven ten. Hmm? Ezra seven ten. Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord first to do, hmm, and then to teach statutes and ordinances 
in Israel so that he can be a happy teacher. See, in the, if I go to a university and I'm teaching a class, I'm, I'm not a miserable teacher because I've proved everything in the lab. At least on simulations. So I ran some computer programs and I know, okay, it's running. It's working. I'm happy. The students may not be happy because still they haven't proven. That's right. It's like this, no, you're giving something like uh, a huge armor to David and David says, sorry, I can't use this because I haven't proven them. Okay. You have to prove God. Proven God. Prove God meaning you should have applied all that you have learned in your life. Only then you will be what? Happy. So we need to, if we want to, we want to know how you should be, you could be a person who is taught by God. And grow. So I want to look at one example. Only in the Bible today. And I learn from his life. We have, we have doctrines in the, in the new covenant and we have examples in the old. And I want to look at the one guy who is the first, second stage disciple. Who is that? Moses had his Joshua. And I want to look at how Joshua enters into the scene. Okay. The very first time Joshua is mentioned in the entire scriptures. Where? That's a good, huh? Excuse me? I, of course, which part, which part of Exodus? If you don't have to know the chapter and verse. No, 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 no. See, that's the reason why. Let's go to Exodus chapter 17, okay? No, no, okay. Let's, don't worry, huh? And, and I want you, let's read from verses, um, 8 to 13. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Notice, notice everything, okay? Now, Amalek came and fought with Rephidim, uh, fought with Israel in Rephidim. Now, you should understand, these are just not ordinary words which are being used. How many of you know the word Bethlehem? What does it mean? House of bread. Beth means house, Lechem means bread. Now, think about it, okay? All of you, think, think, think. What is, in verse 8, what is for bread? Thank you so much. It's fought. Now let us look at this now. Now Amalek came and wanted to eat up Israel. That's the word actually. Lacham, eat, devour, fought with Israel in Rephidim. And then Moses said to Joshua, no, this is awesome, okay? This is exactly the first time what is happening. Joshua is attracting the attention of the leadership. For a very, very important task. The first battle that Israel is going to fight in the wilderness. And he's looking at the entire leadership. I know by this time, Moses has spent considerable amount of time with the people and he has heard their murmuring and complaining. And it was very easy for him to see who are the people who can be taught. Moses loves everybody. Does he not love everybody? Of course he loves everybody. Okay, he loves everybody and he says, Lord, take away my life for the sake of this people. But Moses does not, Moses does not trust everybody. So he looks at everybody and he says, Joshua, something different in you. Different in you. Can we do something? Choose us some men and go out to, oh, that is another word again. The same word. To eat, fight with Amalek. Now think about this. Amalek stands for what? Flesh. We know it very well. If you do not devour the flesh. The flesh will 
devour you. That's the idea over here. If you do not, in other words, if you do not receive the teaching of God, which will help you to what? Devour your flesh. Ultimately, the flesh will devour you. Now, it, the new covenant uses a very, very, very interesting word. It says, so my dear brothers, we are no longer debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. I like that word. What is debtor to the flesh? As if you have given something to the flesh and you, and you owe something to the flesh back. Do you owe anything to the flesh? No. No, nothing. Do you owe it? No. So think about this. So it's talking about teaching which will help you, equip you. The disciples have to have two things. They have to have an attitude and they should be equipped. A lot of people have attitude, but they are not equipped. Everybody can say, okay, I don't want, I want to, I have the attitude of Sachin Tendulkar, but are you equipped like, like Sachin Tendulkar? Not very easy. Not that is easy. That is not easy to come to, I mean, you cannot uh, come to conclusions like that. So, so Moses said, choose some men and go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Now let's, let, let's go on. Verse, verse 10 now. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought the, who? The Amalekites. That means he started devouring them. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up onto the top of the hill. Now don't concentrate so much on Moses and Aaron and Hur. Concentrate on whom? On Joshua. Because we are learning from Joshua, right? Because we want to be what of the Lord? Discipled by God. And so it was when Moses held up his hand, who prevailed? Israel prevailed. That means Joshua is prevailing. And when he let his hand down, who prevailed? Amalek prevailed. So Joshua is there, right there in the middle. Sometimes he is winning over the Amalekites. Sometimes the Amalekites are winning over him. But is he giving up? Ah, oh, no, 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 no. He is not, he is not aware of what is going on there on the top of the mountain. He is too busy fighting. You understand? Okay. To fight, the word comes from the word lakham, to eat, to deva, to wage war, to overcome, to prevail. So what does, what does it tell me? It tells me those people who can be discipled by God have committed themselves to obedience no matter what they face. What did I say? Committed themselves to obedience. In other words, sometimes Things could be for them. Sometimes things could go against them, but they are not giving up. Period. It's like, you know, when the teaching got tough, oh, this is a hard teaching. Who can? They all went. They all left him. See, let me tell you something. So what does it mean? Those people who want to be discipled by God, one thing is something God is looking for, for in their lives is, is what, what, what I call as a commitment to obedience. What did I say? A commitment to obedience. A commitment to obedience. You know, in Telugu, commitment comes a, has a very interesting word. Nibaddhata. From which we get the word nibandhana, which means covenant. In other words, they have covenanted themselves to obedience. That's what it means. That is the reason why it says, bring my saints who have made a covenant with me by what? By sacrifice in Psalms 50. So that means they're saying, you know what, Lord? I, I Sometimes I might prevail. Sometimes I might 
get defeated. But I am not, I am not saying drop. I have committed myself to obedience. No matter who prevails. Until, what? I have prevailed. That's the point. I have committed myself to obedience until I have prevailed. See, let me tell you something. You will not overcome if you give up. You know, one of the things, I used to struggle with so many, in my own flesh, so many things. In my own flesh. And one of my mentors, you know, he was dropping me off to the to the railway station, the last drop. And he would, he would tell me, Vijay, even if you fall a million times, you know what? Get up and run and walk. In other words, commit yourselves to what? To obedience. Don't give up, Vijay. Don't give up. It's not over until you're dead. Okay. It is what we call as agonizing. And what, where, where do Amalekites fight? Deuteronomy chapter 25 and verses 17 onwards. Deuteronomy chapter 25 verses 17 to 19 onwards. Okay. 17 to 19. Remember what Amalek did uh, to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt. How he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks. And the stragglers at your rear end. (sighs) Actually, that's that's exactly the translation. Okay. If NASB calls it the rear end. Okay. And when you were tired and weary, he did not what? Fear God. You remember these fellows. It is when you are the lowest and when you are with the weakest areas, he knows. It, it's very interesting, right? That That is the reason why Paul tells the Galatian church. He says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, before whose eyes Christ was so evidently portrayed as crucified? Have you become so foolish that having become in the, uh, having begun in the spirit, are you now trying to perfect yourself in the what? In the flesh. Romans chapter 8 will say, what the law, what? Could not do. Why? Because it was weak through the what? In the flesh. The flesh is one thing which is against the spirit. It's weak. Okay. So, and he says, do not forget. And then he says, go on. Verse 19. Verse 19. When the Lord your God has given you rest from your enemies, all around in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess as an inheritance. What should you do? You should blot out the remembrance of Amalek under heaven. You shall not forget. Do not forget. If you forget, I'll remind you. In other words, it doesn't matter whatever time. Okay, let's go back to Joshua. Before we go to Joshua, before, before we go to Joshua, let me tell you something. There is what we call as a striving. Not in the flesh. Striving not to depend on the flesh. You understand? Let me show you a few verses. Okay. Turn to first, uh, first Timothy chapter six and verse twelve, if I'm right. Yeah. So thank you. It says, Fight the good fight of faith. So what did, what did uh, Joshua was asked to do? Fight the Amalekites. The word is what? Agonize. What is that? Agonize. 
Okay. Show you another place where it says, agonize. Luke's Gospel, chapter 13. And verse 22 onwards. 22 onwards. 22 to 24. 22 to 24. Luke's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 22 to 24. And he went through the cities and the villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then one said, Lord, are there few who will be saved? One of the questions we had yesterday. Why does Jesus make it so difficult for them to enter into the kingdom of heaven? It's, he's not making it difficult. Look at what he says. Verse 24. Strive. You see that? Strive or agonize to enter through the narrow gate for many, I say to you, will seek to enter but will not be able. Okay. Why? You know why? Why will not, will not be able? It's not because God is not able. It is because they have not committed themselves to what? To obedience. That is important. Very important. Otherwise, you know what will happen? You will have a lot of knowledge but very little obedience and you will be miserable. Okay, Especially if you are in the teaching and the preaching ministry, boy, it's not easy for you to be happy all the time because you know so much. Little, little, little things will, 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 will convict you. Very, very little things. I mean, it will make you miserable because you are not able to obey. Okay. So if you have so much of knowledge and very little obedience, Still not committed. One of the things I have realized after I become a believer, you know who, te- who whom God teaches? 717. Which one? John 717. Okay? We know this very well. If you can put it in the NKJV, it's great. If anyone wills to do his will, what will he know? He will know concerning the doctrine whether it is from God. Isn't it interesting? He will be taught by who? By God himself. Why? Because he wills to do his will. He made a commitment and saying, Lord, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to you. I know I'm weak. I'm weak maybe. I I have so many weaknesses. But one thing, Lord, I am committed to you with the best that I can. And you make that commitment. And those whom you, God honors, God will honor. Commit yourself. Commit yourself to obedience, my dear brothers. Strive, commit, commit, strive to commit. And many people, I mean, I'm not, just, I'm just, just generally saying this. Many people in the church, you know, why they do not, they struggle so much in their lives? Because they do not have commitment. Commitment. If they say something, they will not follow it completely through its Conclusion. They will say, but they don't do. It's like those two sons, you know. Hey, son, go and go into the field. Okay, I will. But then he would not go. And the second guy, no, I will not. But then he goes. Why? Because he changed his mind. Okay. And then he goes. And then he says, they ask the Pharisees, which of you think did the will, was pleasing to the father? They say all this. They, they everybody say second. Other than the guy who said no first and then he did. And he says, all the tax collectors and the prostitutes are coming into the kingdom, but you guys will be out. Because they don't do. You don't follow it up. You don't follow it up. Given a task, will you follow it up? Will you follow it up given any task? Any task. 
doesn't matter if, I mean, I'm not talking about just preaching. Whatever task you are interested with, will you follow it up, lodge it to its conclusion and do it to the best of your ability? Yeah. And this is something which I strive for. Not that I am, I am not in any ways perfect, but one of the things that I say, Lord, I want to do it. Okay. See, you have to do what you have to do. Okay. Plant, Paul plants, Apollos waters, who gives the increase? God gives the increase. So therefore, who plants, but who water, he who waters is nobody, but God who gives the increase is everything. But there should be a person who's planting, and there should be a person who's watering. There's a, there should be a person who's throwing his seed. And that is the reason why Ecclesiastes will say, throw your seed. We don't know which one will grow. Whether this one, or that one, or both. Sometimes both might not, but you still throw. Cast your bread upon what? Many waters. Some things will come back. And we have casted our bread on many, many, many waters. Now from all over the world it is coming back. But you have to cast. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, no, from my own experience, right? I have to tell you, you know, we were supposed to apply for the uh, marriage license. You, I wouldn't, you wouldn't believe me. It was so frustrating in certain points. I was, I had a, I had an audience with the, with the deputy chief minister. Waiting outside his office for five hours, almost like close to three to four hours. And I was about to go inside. He didn't even look at my face. Just walked out like that. And immediately the bodyguards came and stopped me. That's it. I couldn't do anything. So many times. And I had to literally go from pillar to post, from bench to bench to see my file moving. <laughs> Even till the post office. And the postmaster also wanted a bribe. The guy who delivers post. You see. And after we finished everything, I said, okay, Lord, no, I, everything is in your hands. I just left it like that. But you know what? One day, in the mail. But if it didn't reach that point, would we get the result? No. I remember that. You know, it's like, I said, determined now. I want to get this done. But then, I did whatever I could. After a few days, I get this very innocuous looking, uh, what do you say, uh, envelope. I said, what is this? You know how the government letters are, right? You can, you, if you look at it, you want to throw it into the trash bin. But thank God it didn't. Then I opened it, boy. Licensed. <laughs> you see, do that. Commitment, my dear brothers. I'm talking about that. Commitment. Committing to yourself to, to a certain things and say, Lord, I want to do it. Okay. One of the things I'm working on right now, 40 days to order. <laughs> I put it in my mind. 40 days to order, Lord. <laughs> Commit yourself to order. our school starts. Okay, one of the things where my wife tells, don't go into the washroom at the end of the... And me being that very laid back guy, just do it every time. I just go to the class at 8.24. Everybody gets frustrated because everybody is waiting. And I was confronted. I don't want to say who. But I was. You see, then I said, you know what? 7.15. 7.15. Now I sit before the computer by 7.15. Fully dressed. Much to the consternation of the people who confronted me. Okay. <laughs> but, I said, Lord, 40 days to order. What is that? Commitment. And those who are committed will be what? 
if anyone wills to do his will, will be what? God of God. Okay. You can't eat three meals a day like Sami says, I, I eat the most. Okay, I'm going to show to Sami also now. <laughs> no, no, just joking. Okay. But you, you see, you see, I, I want to do that. I want to commit myself. And you see, deliverance, you know, when it comes, when you do it consistently, that is when you break a habit. Because habits die hard. You take a H, a bit is left. You take a A, bit is left. You take the B, it is left. The problem is that. Bad habits are like soft bits. Very easy to get in, very difficult to get out. Said Navjot Singh Sidhu. <laughs> you understand that? You see, commit yourself to the Lord and He will bring it to pass. Commit. Commit. Okay. And what did Joshua? Boy, I'm getting defeated. I don't care who's, a lot of people will say, you know what, those fellows are not praying. That is the reason I'm getting defeated. You see, Moses, what's going on? Nicely you're sitting there. I'm fighting over here. Uh, what is going on? Ah, that is very easy to sit on the... Is that easy? What do you say? It is easy to pray? Consistently? Commitment. You know, that is, that's what I feel. You know, when, look at this. It's not an accident that Moses calls Joshua. When Joshua comes and asks, I mean, when, when Amalek comes to fight, fight Israel, he looks at him and says, Joshua, come on. Choose man and go. He will not ask any questions. He will go. My brothers, what is that? Commit yourselves to the Lord. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able to. You know why? Not because they God is not able. He is able. More we, we sing that song, more than able. He is able to carry me through. They want to carry be, to be carried through. They don't want to fight. That's the problem. See, is this carrying through business? When will you grow? You want to be taught of the Lord? See, the, only the creme de la cream get taught by the Lord. You want to be that among them? And it's got nothing to do with your ability. It's got to do with your character. Okay. Amen? So what does he do? 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 24 to 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 24 to 27. And let's read it from uh, in the KJV version. Okay, I like that. <clears throat> okay. Know ye not. Yeah. Thank you. Know ye not. KJV? Is this KJV? Oh, this is not in, this is in KJV. Okay. There uh, was uh, 24. Yeah. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for mastery, you know the word for striving for mastery? Agonizes. Is what? Is temperate in all things. Now they they do obtain, uh, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but wheat and an incorruptible crown. And then he says, therefore so I run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one beat of the air, but I keep my body and bring it to subjection. Keep under my body. What is that? It's a very interesting construction in the KJV. To keep under my body. Look at what it says. Actually the translation. What does it to keep under your body? To beat black and blue. 
This is that actual translation in the Greek. To, ble- to beat black and blue. To smite so as to cause bruises and livid spots like a boxer one. Boxer. The one of boxer when he buffets his body. Handled roughly. Disciplined by hardships. And bring it to subjection. Nice punches. Give it to the who? To the body, not to others. To your own body. That is what we call as commitment. No drop anywhere. You want to be taught by God? You See, there is one thing to be delivered and there is another thing to walk in your deliverance. That Which is the easy part. The one thing is healing. The other thing is what? Health. We want healing, but we don't want health. We won't keep on wanting to fall sick and get healing. <laughs> That's the easy way. <laughs> See? So commitment. Alright? Therefore, we are no longer debtors to the flesh. We don't owe the flesh anything. As if we have taken a bank loan from, from the flesh. That fellow has taken loan from us actually. He is taking all our resources. And he doesn't even pay interest. He just empties our bank over and over and over again. It happens to us, no? By the time the 15th of the month is over, all bank is gone. Yeah? Some people are smiling. Through the camera, I can see. <laughs> okay. So, look at what he says. For if you live according to the flesh, turn to Romans chapter 8. Let's read from verse 12 onwards. 12 to 14. 12 to 14. Okay. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you by the spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Either Amalek will devour you or you will devour Amalek. Okay. And from generation to generation, what does God say? I have declared war on this fellow, on the flesh. And what should you have? You should have the food which will strengthen you, which is called the word of God, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to destroy Amalek. So what did God, Joshua do? Turn to uh, same Exodus chapter 17 now. And let's read from verse 12 onwards. 12 to 13. Show you some interesting words, okay? But Moses' hand became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him. He sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, and one on one side and the other on the other side. His hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Okay? So Joshua defeated. The word for defeat is khalas. Ah, khalas. That's the exact word which is taken into Arabic. Khalas. You know, if you see, you see, if you hear Arabic, you always hear this word, okay? Khalas. What is khalas? Weakened. Overwhelmed. Overcome. Prevail. Till the what? Till the setting down of the sun. Okay, it'll, it'll come back again. When the sun rises up, the flesh is again awake. So what should you do? You should halas your flesh. Weaken it. Otherwise what it will do? It will weaken you. And the greatest enemy for the believer is not the devil. 
with your flesh. Because what the law could not do in that, it says it was weak through the flesh. The flesh is a fellow. What is weak? I'll, I'll tell you what weak, weak means. Weakness means in the inability to obey God. Very strong to disobey. You understand? That is weakness. That is the reason why it says, when we were what? Without strength, Christ died for us. That means we were inab- absolutely unable to overcome. So what did Joshua do? He collapsed. <laughs> so if you don't do it, who collapses us? I'll show you. Turn to Isaiah chapter 14. Hmm? Chapter 14 and verse 12 onwards. Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 to 15. Okay. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who, what? Oh, weakened the nations. You know the word? word? Collapsed the nations. Collapsed them. How did Satan collapse the nations? By making them indulge in the flesh. Through the system of the world. Because he's called the prince. He's called the prince of the power of the air. He's called the ruler of this age. He's called the god of this world. Kya titles hai? The prince of the power of the air. The ruler of this age. And he's called the god of this world. So what does he do? For you have said in your heart, I will listen, etc. And this is exactly the world system. Which has weakened the flesh. So we, we, we has weakened the church, not the flesh. Has weakened the church by bringing the world into the church. You know, there's a place called Speaker's Corner in uh, in London. Okay, the bastion of free speech. No, lot of Christian apologists go there and they do a fantastic job. Okay, don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not when I'm when I'm talking about this. Uh, don't misunderstand me. This is a fantastic job. They do a great job. And one of the constant uh, uh, causes, do you think your righteousness will take you to heaven? Because they all believe they are in their works-based righteousness, right? Do you know how holy God is? Hmm? You know how holy God is? You don't do, you do you know the righteousness of God? Do you know the, 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 the level where God is? Do you think by all your works you can reach up to the level of God? Is how we want to evangelize them. How do they know that God's standards are very high? How do they know? You see, what I always see this, no? It's like, I remember Nabil Qureshi in one of his, in his book, he mentions this. He was once invited to the church. You know, his friend invites him to the church. And he looked at all the worship leaders and the present worship team. Everybody in very interesting outfits. And he was a Muslim then. And he was telling David, his friend, he said, uh, why are they dressed like that? My Muslim sisters are more modest than them. Turn to uh, uh, sorry, Exodus chapter uh, 33. Exodus chapter 33. Please. 
<coughs> and verses 1 onwards. Okay. Okay, I'm going to read it in another, another translation. Okay, just follow me very carefully. Okay, this is essentially the Septuagint. Okay, and the Lord said to Moses, go forward, go up hence, thou and thy people, whom thou who whom thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, into the land which I swore to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, saying, I will give it, give it to your seed. And I will send the same time my angel before thy face, and he shall cast out the Amorite, the, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Gergeshite, the Hevites, the Jebusites, and the Canaanites. And I will bring thee into a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up with you, because you are a stiff-necked people, lest I consume you on the way. And the people, having heard this grievous saying, mourned in mourning apparel. That's the word. For the Lord said to the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. Take heed lest I bring you on another plague and destroy you. Therefore, put off your glorious apparel and your what ornaments and I will see what I can do with you. The glorious apparel and your ornaments. You know what the word for ornaments is? World. If you put on the world on your body and you're expecting me to expecting me to come with you, do you think I'm gonna come? The problem is the the church has been weakened simply because we have literally taken the world. There is no strength at all to overcome. I mean Pastor keeps making that statement, right? Why is America in such a, such a state? It's because of the church. I used to wonder, what has the church got to do with it? With what the decisions they are making? Because the church was supposed to held, hold up the righteousness of God. The standards of God. Every player, every place Paul used to go, remember? Paul used to go, he goes to Athens, and he sees the idolatry in the place. Where does he go? He goes to the temple of uh, Diana? No. You know where he goes? He goes to the synagogue. He goes to the synagogue and he says, what's up with you guys? You are supposed to be the salt of the world, of this earth, the light of this world. What has happened to you? And the world has absolutely come into the church and there's no difference between the world and the church anymore. It's been weakened. Because you have not been taught to overcome and to say no to sin. Because there's no commitment to stay on the straight and narrow path. Stiff naked. And you cannot say anything now. Because absolutely become amalgamated with the world system. And what has happened over a period of time, we have become weak, 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 weak people. Don't speak a lot to us. Now think about this now. I was making this calculation. Six hours in a school. About 200 days in a year. Right? 200 days in a year. How many hours? 12,000 hours. 1,200 hours. Okay? Right? 1,200 hours. For 10 years. In school. How many hours? 12,000 hours. Then you go to university. Now we are a little top mega pond. So we took, take our niche subjects and we go to class. Okay, maybe another 5 hours. Say so let us say on an average another 12 hours. In a day. Another 200. So by that, on an average, by the time you finish your schooling, you would have attended almost close to 36,000 hours of classroom. 
36,000 hours of class and that is also not apart from the the homeworks and the tuitions and the ITJ coaching and the and the neat coaching and this coaching and that coaching all the coachings put together you work and work and work and work and work and then you graduate from IIT or whatever university and then you get a job and how many hours you put in the job 18 hours okay almost you see I'll tell you something not all the people who graduate from IIT they don't work less you you have this uh, contrary oh i think now their life is set they work less and earn more no they work more and they get uh, <laughs> i don't want to say okay they work more 18 hours okay they work 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 now in all this time okay let us say this is a christian guy who's going to all these universities and places how much time does he spend in the word of god a tithe maybe a tithe is a very conservative i mean uh, extra uh, it's an extravagant es- estimate oh maybe 15 minutes on 20 minutes a sermon on sunday morning and with 20 minutes a ser- of sunday morning and uh, close to 54000 hours in the world what are you expecting <laughs> i'll go to heaven you got to be kidding you have spent so much time in the world getting the ideas of the world being in the world having worldly friends spending in cinemas and movies and web series and what have you and with 20 minutes on a sunday morning and by the by, by the way that is the only word people hear in many churches you are expecting that you'll get a nice rapture to heaven like elijah what are you talking about what are you talking about so the propo- oh we are supposed to work right no no i'm not talking about whether we are supposed to work or not that is not what i'm talking about i'm talking about how much time did you really really spend learning god and learning his ways do you think you should spend equal number of hours or more than that what do you think sami we can't go to heaven in a easy chair in an aeroplane all those songs okay in an easy chair oh yeah exactly and the problem is lot of believers think that they can go to heaven and overcome the world with an easy chair without any commitment to solid teaching Let me tell you something. An average researcher would have spent six months, twenty-four by seven of his life. I'm talking about twenty-four hour days, six months at least. He has to finish his PhD. Six months, twenty-four hours. Think about that. And you think you're going to get a? You know, you 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 need to write references, right, to universities. Okay. Oh, got a fantastic work ethic. He works very hard. Only those people will be taken, obviously. To get into a university which is going to perish, ultimately all this work you'll do, and where are you going to end up if you don't know Jesus? Think about that. You see how weakened we are by the world system. 
The pleasures and the cares, that is the reason why it says, why do people don't bring fruit to maturity? It's because they have been trapped by this age. And it says, Demas, having loved this present age, has forsaken me. Think about that. So much time in the world before camp, before movies, before books and all kinds of ideas that we get into our minds and the proportion of time that we have spent learning the ways of God and the, 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 the knowledge of God, having the knowledge of God, do we think that we are committed is a question that I want to ask ourselves. No wonder we are weak. No wonder Amalek prevails most of the time. You see, even to strive and not give up, you need strength. You know that? Okay, I'm getting defeated. A lot of people say, oh, I'm getting defeated. And this is not for me. And they just give up and walk away. To stay there, you still have to have faith. Think, think, my dear brothers, food for thought for all of us. Let's go to Exodus chapter 17 now. And let's read from verse 14. And like this. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in a book. And what you should do? Recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly brought out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heavens. How was he able to overcome the flesh? Because he was taught by who? By God. Recount it in the years of Joshua. Job Job 34 verses 1 onwards. Job 34 verses 1 onwards. 1 to 4 in fact. Elihu further answered and said, Hear my words, you wise men. Give ear to me, you who have what? Knowledge. Look at what it says, verse 3. For the ear tests words as a palate tests food. You see that? That means what? All my children can be discipled and taught of the Lord. And what will they do? They will overcome the world. And this is your Victory that you overcome, overcome the world. What is that? My, your, your faith and whoever, it's not whoever, whatever is born of God will overcome the world and will overcome the flesh. The only thing is that will you not, will you surrender to teaching? Which will help you to overcome. Hearing of Joshua. Remember it. You can't have pity on the flesh. Turn to 1st Samuel chapter 15. And verse 7 onwards. This is Saul. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Who put that? Oh, thank you, thank you, doctor. Verse 7 onwards. Saul attacked the Amalekites from Hevila all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. Okay. He also took Agag king of the Amalekites and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people, you know what did they do? They spared. You know what the word for spared is? They had compassion. Oh, you flesh. I have compassion on you today. It's like, you know, Ben-Hadad. He's, he's been totally cornered in all four directions. And one thing he says, oh, the kings of Israel are very compassionate people. Let us put turbans around our ropes around our neck and go and fall at their feet. And then Ahab, the dum-dum, when he goes and Ben-Hadad says, I am your brother, he says, what does he say? Oh, you are my brother. Let me have compassion on you. Come and sit. Three years later, he's no more. The same Ben-Hadad, whom you have taken, is going to finish you off. He's going to devour you. 
First thing, therefore, commitment. Commitment is what God is looking for. Okay? Let's go to the next point. Let's turn to Exodus now, chapter 24. Verse 9 onwards. Exodus chapter 24, verse 9 onwards. Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders, and they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and it was like the very heavens in clarity. But the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God, and they ate and drank. We looked at it in so many contexts, I'm not going to go into the details. Then the Lord said to Moses, come up with me onto the top of the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law, and the commandments which I have written, that you may teach them. And then what happened? Now Moses arose and went with his, one title is added to Joshua. First, initially, Moses called Joshua. Now, Moses and his assistant Joshua. The word for assistant is minister. Okay, Minister of Joshua. It's not servant, minister. There's a difference, okay? Minister Joshua and Moses went up to the top of the mountain. For how many days, you know? How many days? Six days in smoke and 34 days in with fasting and prayer. Who ordained that fast? God. Who heard? Moses. Who partook of the fast? Moses and Joshua. Look at this. Look at this, my dear brothers. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Understand this. How many days? 40. This was the first fast in the Bible. And who ordained that fast? So who ordains fasting? God ordains fasting. And the very first fast that was ordained was, uh, what kind of a fast? It was a 40 day fast. No food, no water. What we call as cold turkey. It was then say, how how many days Lord? Uh, Just come up. Should I carry some tiffin? No. How about some dry fruits? No. Think about that, no? Uh, uh, we, we had a fasting the other day, right? Finished after the, immediately after the fasting, sister Elsa said, Vijay, do you want to have a pack of these uh, cashews? I said, boy. No cashews, no nuts, no pista, no badam. Now think about this. 40 day fast ordained by Moses, by God, Moses hears everything, Joshua hears nothing, but he still stands there. Think. Think, 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 think. Now we were called for a, not a 40 day fast, 21 day fast. If you are tuned in online, uh, by the way, there was a 21 day fast not proclaimed through prayer, pastor was talking about. Maybe pastor will hear. You may not hear. But will you be a part of the fast? You see. 40 day fast. Now, see, what is the legacy you are going to leave? If your children were to come and ask, can you tell me about your fasting life? Uh, By God's grace, I never had to fast. (laughs) can you imagine the answer (laughs) 
you know that word which convicted me over the other day was we have to go through fasting even if we don't have any lack in our lives just to feel the pain of those who are there in our congregation i was stunned by the statement i was convicted to the core think 40 days and you will not hear you have to stand there baba in the middle not you are not as high as moses you are not as low as the others but you are there in the middle and you will hear nothing will you stand this is what i call you know sold out to god because it was supposed to be done period and i will do it i want to follow my leader and i want to follow his god i may not hear you know some like pastor said vijay i want you to hear what i hear for the first of the first of every year and every year i say okay let me go on a fast <laughs> let me hear but thank god it didn't happen till now and i don't want it to happen also till now because i don't think i'll be able to handle it irrespective whether god he has to whether he hears or not i want to be there you know why this is what we call as being sold out graduation from joshua to assistant joshua what is he what is he doing now he is being taught by god for 40 days not to do anything don't speak there'll be a bunch of guys downstairs who are eating and drinking and dancing who are there who have no idea about what is going on top of the mountain you are not a partaker of that and you are not even in the presence of god where you are totally overwhelmed by the presence of god you have forgotten everything like moses and you are having these these uh, third heaven experiences no experience like moses not being a part of the crowd but you are somewhere right in the middle and I'm, but i'm okay with it now you wonder why this guy was chosen look at what it says let's go then moses went up into the top of, top of the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain now the glory of the lord rested on mount sinai and the cloud covered it and this guy was there with joshua with with with, with moses what it tells me is this he had a mindset what did he have a mindset not to be a partaker of those people who is going to eat and drink first peter chapter 4 verses 1 onwards Therefore since Christ suffered for us in the flesh arm yourselves with the same mind Now think about it no when i look at this word one one picture that comes to my mind is the building of the walls of Jerusalem of Jerusalem rise up and build who who was rising up and building this guy what is his name Nehemiah how was he how was he building with what in one hand with a with a sword in one hand with with a weapon in one hand and uh, what in the other hand he had a brick in the other hand now tell me what does a weapon stand for what what are you fighting what is your weapon what is your weapon so if i say what 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 is it, what a weapon stands for it is used to fight what is your weapon it is a mind of christ that is your weapon understand that 
arm yourselves with the same mind for he who has suffered in the flesh has what? Ceased from sin. He is not going to be a partaker of that. Then that he no longer should live the rest of the time in the flesh, flesh for the lusts of men. And you know this very well. All people came out of Egypt. Everybody got baptized in, in, into Moses. Everybody was baptized in the Holy Spirit in the, in the cloud and uh, and uh, and in fire. Everybody ate the same spiritual food. Everybody drank the same spiritual drink. But with most of them, God was not pleased. Why? The answer is they ate and they drank and they rose out to play. There was no commitment completely to be with those people who are leading them. So he no longer lived the rest of the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Why? Verse 3. For we have spent enough time in our past. You know, he, Joshua said, when I was in Egypt, I, did, I also did all these things. I, I spent enough time doing all these Walking in lewdness, in lusts, and in drunkenness, and revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. I am sick and tired of it. I may not get what Moses is getting, but I am not going to be a part of the crowd either. I am not going to be a part of the crowd either. I am going to be separate. Separation. Second learn lesson we learn. You know who are those people who are taught by God? Those people who have separated from the people who are satisfied with the status quo. Separated. Understand? Is that separated? Let's look at another lesson. Exodus chapter thirty-three now. Graduation to level 3. Okay. Look at the graduations in, in Joshua's life. First from Joshua to assistant Joshua. Now look at what the Holy Spirit points out in Exodus chapter 33 was 8 onwards. Okay. This is talking about the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. This is, a, this is not the, uh, the tabernacle in the wilderness. No. This is the tent of Moses which is outside the wilderness and it is called a t- tent of meeting because Moses is to meet God there face to face. So it was when whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. So what happened? And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. When the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and what did they do? They worshipped each man at his tent. But look at the next one. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun. You see that assistant Joshua. Now something else is added. The servant of servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a ah, a young man. Now this is interesting. Look at the look look at the progression over here, my dear brothers and sisters. The progression is Joshua, assistant Joshua, assistant Joshua, the young man. These are not normal words. There are spiritual meanings and connotations attached to it. What did they do? Did not depart from the tabernacle. Now, if you have your Bibles, underline it. A young man who did not depart the tabernacle. Let me explain every one of these words. The word for young man. Where does it first time occur in the Bible? Genesis where? No, 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 no. Genesis chapter 22. 
Genesis chapter 22. Let's read from verse 4 to 5. This is when, when, when uh, God is taking, uh, Abraham is taking his Isaac. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the uh, place afar off. And Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey. The, who? The lad. You know what's the actual translation? Exactly the same word used for, uh, used for Joshua. The lad. The young man and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back. You know what is happening now? This man is ready to be tied on the altar. He was not going to be, he's not going to depart. What did he do? Moses left. He did not depart from the where? Let's go back to Exodus chapter 33 and the last verse. It was 11. Look, underline this. Verse 11, that's enough. Stop Stop at verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend and he would return to the camp. But his servant Moses, the son of Nun, a young man now, did not depart from the tabernacle. Now this is interesting. Now what the word for tabernacle is? It means covering. He has become what now? A young man who would not depart from the covering that God has appointed and start of his own ministry. A young man who would stay under the covering. Understand this. You see, Joshua, assistant Joshua, young man Joshua. Let's turn to Joshua, chapter uh, one was eight. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. <laughs> I'm not going to depart from the word that you have spoken into my life. The same word. It will not depart from my mouth. I will, what, what will I do? I will, med- whatever God has shown me, I will meditate upon it. I will not go from the under the covering that God has placed me under and it is a tremendous test. I'll show you a few verses which liberated me. Okay. And I hope it will liberate you too. And this is for all software engineers, but and also for particularly for people in the ministry and who want to become in the want to come into the ministry. Turn to Ecclesiastes, please. Chapter 10 first in the New Living Translation. Let's read from verses 1 to 4. And then this is for all the software engineers. And uh, for people who work in Google and Amazon, software engineers, IT engineers, what have you. Let's read from verse 1 onwards. Verses 1 to 4 in the New Living Translation. Is a New Living Translation? Thank you very much. Dead flies will cause even a bottle of perfume to stink. Yes, an ounce of foolishness can outweigh a pound of wisdom and honor. Because nothing to do with today's verse, today's, uh, today's message, but I just wanted to put it because I liked it. Okay. The hearts of the wise lead them to do right and the hearts of the foolish lead them to do evil. You can identify fools just by the way they walk down the street. Next verse 4. If your boss is angry with you, ha, he's looking at me, Raj is looking at me very intently, okay. If your boss is angry with you, don't, ah, a quiet, don't quit. A quiet spirit can overcome even the great mistakes, both yours and his. I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit. Okay. A quiet spirit. See, what did he do? He was 
a person now he has become a young man who will not depart from the what from the tabernacle from the covering that god has placed him under okay every authority is from god he's a covering whether you like it or not and if your boss is angry with you don't quit if he reduces your salary like it happened to me don't say in clubs in the bar I'll go on a hunger strike and watch strike and get all the union leaders involved. No. The problem is, all the union leaders will flourish, flourish and because you are a child of God, you'll go down the drain. If your boss is angry with you, what's the temptation? Let's not quit. That's possibly one of the reasons why people like uh, academia because there's no boss. I am the boss. I work at my time. I choose my courses. <laughs> of course, now things have changed a lot. Okay. If your boss is angry with you, don't quit. Now, for people who are in the ministry, let us go to NKJV now. And let's read verses 4 only. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 4. NKJV, a little, in, in, little uh, intense. Look at what it says. If the spirit of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your post. Wow. For conciliation pacifies Great offenses. <laughs> what is that? Conciliation pacifies great offenses. And one of the things that will happen in the ministry is lot of offenses will come. What is God, 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 God telling you? Do not leave your post. Whether you are right or wrong is immaterial. You do not depart from your post. What is it say? For conciliation pacifies what? Great. What a liberating verse, isn't it? What a liberating verse. When I read this, I said, Boah, thank you, Lord. I will not leave. I am totally committed. Next verse. Put it in, NK, uh, in KJV only. Okay, verse 4 in KJV. Look at what, what it says in the KJV. If the spirit, okay, yeah. If the, same KJV, KJV. If the, if the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place for yielding pacifieth great offenses. You know what? You should have a spirit of yielding. Yield. Don't say, I will have my way. I will not yield. I will not budge. Isn't it interesting? The wisdom from which is from below is earthly. It is sensual. It is what? Demonic. But the wisdom which is from above is first peaceable, full of good fruits, willing to Willing to yield. Willing to yield. You want wisdom from God? You want to be taught by God? Have a spirit which will yield and not leave. Stay under the covering. Stay under the protection. Stay under the protection. You will have temptations in your life to just leave because you get, you get offended. Don't leave your post. Don't leave your post. Don't leave your post, my brothers. Don't leave. Cling on. Hang on there. Look at what it says in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 14. 1 John chapter 2 verse 14. Look at what it says. We know this very well. I have written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you what? Young men. Now what is what does Joshua become now? He has become a young man. Now I don't know how old he is. I think he's around 40. Close to. Maybe 38. Because Kadesh Baniya they reach by the time they are 
two years is, is over by the time they reach Kadesh Barnea. From there, he's going to send it to the promised land. So he's possibly around 38 years old, okay? So whoever is 38 years old, Mm, generally, he is, you're qualified as young. And Peter is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, no, <laughs> young men, because you are what strong, and what what abides in you, the word of God abides in you. Why does the word God of word of God abide in you? Because you abide in God's word. Simple. That is what it means, right? To stay under the covering is money. To abide, not to depart from your post. To abide in the teaching. Abide under the anointing. Abide under the covering. And the word of God abides in you and you have what? Overcome. Look at one. So first we saw, we saw what? Joshua. Second, you saw Joshua the assistant. Third, we saw Joshua the young man. Now, you want to see the next one? This is exciting. Go to the next one now. Let's let's turn to Numbers chapter 11, please. Let's read from Numbers chapter 11. Let's read from verse 24 onwards, okay? To get the context. We have time. There's no time pressure. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tabernacle. Okay, the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and the, took the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders and it happened when the spirit rested upon them, they all prophesied, although they never did so again. That's the first and last time they prophesied, those fellows. Okay, <laughs> finished over. That's exactly how a lot of people are. You know what? They're flash in the pan. They will all prophesy. After that, gone. Where are, what happened to your gift of prophecy is gone. But two men had remained in the camp. Outside, okay. One, one of the name was one was El Dad, and the, the name name of the other was Me Dad, El Dad and Me Dad. Okay, and the spirit rested upon them. Now they were among those listed, but who had not gone out to the tabernacle yet. They prophesied in the camp. These people don't want to make uh, their extra effort go to the tabernacle. They want to prophesy where they are. Okay, fine, no problem. And a young man ran and told Moses. And said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Now read this words carefully and underline it in your Bible. So Joshua, the son of Nun, look at this. Moses' assistant, one of the choice men. Look at that, first thing. First he starts with Joshua. Then assistant Joshua. Assistant Joshua, uh, the young man. Now assistant Joshua, the what man? One of the choice men. Kya baat hai? Kya baat hai? Answered and said, Moses, my Lord, forbid them. I don't know what kind of doctrine they're teaching. They're all prophesying in their, I don't know, maybe. Forbid them to prophesy. But Moses, uh, Moses says, hey, would to God that everybody prophesies. Moses had a fantastic heart, okay. Fantastic, large heart. You know, one of the things that a, a, a true shepherd is a guy who is absolutely secure. He looks at everybody in the congreg- congregation. Some people may be more gifted than him and he's happy. Happy like Jesus. Would to God I should do more than what I did. Although he didn't do. <laughs> but that was his heart. See? Said to him, Are you zealous for my sake? And we'll come to the zealous part later. But I want to concentrate upon that choice men. If you've been following our teachings very carefully, this choice man occurs very well in our recent teachings. Turn to Psalm 78 and I'm going to show you. <laughs> okay, Psalm 78. Let's read from verse 26 onwards. 78 verse 26 onwards. 
He caused an east wind to blow in the heavens and his power and by his power he brought in the south wind. For he rained meat on them like the dust, feathered fall like the sand of the sea. Boy. And he let them fall in the midst of their camp. And uh, this is when I was offended by <laughs> my brother <laughs> who sat sits beside me with his headphones on right now. All around their dwellings. So they ate and they were filled for he gave them their own desire. They were not deprived of their craving. But while their food was still in their mouths, the wrath of God came against them and slew the stoutest of them and struck down the choice men of Israel. There is choice men and there is Joshua. So what is choice men supposed to know? These are the people who have literally come to the point where they have overcome the desires of the flesh. They have come. Graduated to a point where they said, okay, you know what? You know what? They're very, very careful. I'll tell you something. The more you walk with the Lord, the more circumspect you become. The more you walk with the Lord, you know the weakness of your own flesh. The more you walk with the Lord, you say, okay, I've come to the point where I'm choice now. I can indulge in whatever I want. No way. No way, no way, no way. The more you walk with the Lord, you say, no, the more I'm prone to evil now. More I'm prone to evil. I'm very careful now. I'm more circumspect. I have more of the fear of God. I have more of the reverence of God for God. I have more for the honor for this word. I have, I sleep less during the time when the word is being preached. I have prepared myself. You see. I have more for the remnants of God. I am circumspect. That is the reason why it says, be circumspect. Do not be as the fools, but as the wise. Don't be drunk with wine. But be what? Filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one and other with psalms and hymns and the songs of the Spirit. They have become circumspect. Now I have come to this point where I can be okay. No way. No, 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 no. That is the reason why, you know what, Paul tells Timothy, let your growth be evident to all. When they see you, they say, you know what, this guy is becoming more holy. You can see this, a marked change in what he was before and what he is today. You can see the increase in the, in the, in the, in the way he respects authority, in the way he respects the word. We can see a marked difference in the way he talks to the opposite gender, the way he, he deals with money. All these things, there's a marked difference. You see, what, you know what, what Paul tells Timothy, he says, uh, deal with uh, with elder men as as fathers, with elder women as mothers, with younger men as what as sisters, and with all purity, with all purity. You know that what just convicts me, and he says, you know what, Lord, that should how I that that's how I should be with all purity. There should be in my heart the desire for purity in my life. Yes, I've come to this point, but think about it. Is, 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 is not Timothy the choice man? One of the choice men? Why should Paul tell him, Timothy, with all purity? Just in case, Timothy, you take it easy. Just in case. Because mighty people have fallen. Those people who have, fall, who, who have fell, fallen because of them were all what kind of men? Mighty men. It says in Proverbs chapter 6, chapter 7. They were all mighty men. They were the choice men. 
They were mighty men. You know why they were they, Why did they? Why did they fall? Because they slipped up. Because they came to the point in, the, in, 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 their, in their walk with the Lord, they thought it's okay now. They can, they can, they can, they can, they can handle sin. Okay, I can play around with it. No, 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 my dear brothers. With all purity. With all purity. Choice men. Don't become careless. The more you walk with the Lord, the more you have the fear of God. Right? That's what it says. In the days of his flesh, with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, he made supplications and prayers and he was heard because of his what? Because of his godly reverence submission. Choice men. Because choice men fall. And that's exactly what David has to say. Oh, how the, what have fallen? The mighty have fallen. How the mighty have fallen. You know, it's very interesting, right? If, think about it, no? If, if, if you have a, a son or a daughter who is, who, who dies very young, maybe at birth it's okay. When, when she grows a little big and he, she dies when she is at 10 or 11 years old, okay, you have more pain. But he's come to an age where he's full of promise and he dies. How much more pain that will cause you? How much more pain that will cause you? And what has happened? The choicest of men, the stoutest of men. You know, when I was, when I was, pastor was preaching, I was like so convicted. I said, Lord, what is this? How can a choice man die? Simply because they have not taken sin seriously, even more seriously. And they have lost sight of the purity of God and the reverence of God, reverence for God and reverence for his word. And they took sin careless. They became careless with sin, with their words, with their money, with their time, with their energy. Choice men. Choice men, my dear brothers. See, have you seen this? Have you seen this progression now? Have you seen this progression? What is the first one? Joshua. Second is what? Assistant Joshua. Third is what? Joshua the young man. Fourth is what? Joshua, the choice men. And one of the things about the choice men, look at what it says in Numbers chapter 11, verses 29. 28 and 29. 28 and 29. Okay. Joshua, the son of Moses, oh, sorry, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He was literally the son of Moses, okay? He was the spiritual head of, son of Moses. Moses, one of his choice men, answered and said, Moses, my Lord, forbid them. And you know what Moses said to him? Are you zealous for my sake? Kya baat hai? What a statement that is. You know, whenever I listen to those statements, I get goosebumps. Okay, I said, this is it, man. Are you jealous for my name? That's what I said, no? How you deal with men of God. How do you deal with men of God? Those who labor in ministry of the word have to be counted worthy of what honor? Double honor. We have birthdays and we have Pastor James's birthday. We will celebrate his birthday simply because we, he is worthy of double honor. Simple. <laughs> okay, we have our own <laughs> heart. <laughs> okay, he is worthy of double honor. I'll show you a verse, which is one of my favorite verses again. 8-7, 2 Corinthians. 8-7. 
Look at this. We'll put it first in NIV. NIV, 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 NIV. First NIV because suspense nahi jana. Okay, NIV me lagna. Okay, NIV. Okay. Because see, because we, well, like Pastor says, right, there's, uh, there has to be entertainment so that people get uh, glued to the world. Otherwise, they will not, uh, they will not enjoy it. So let's see. But just as you excel, look at this. Just as you excel in everything, this is what choice men become. The choice men, they're excelling in everything. In what? In how many things? In everything. Order in their money, order in their time, order in their resources, order in their everything that they do. There is order. They're becoming choice and better and better. There's a cut above the rest. There's a marked difference between their lives and the others. And not, they're not proud, but they're, they're focused. You understand what I'm talking about? So, but just as you excel in everything, in what? In faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in your love for whom? For us, underline that with red pen and whatever pen and highlight it. Excelling in your love for the who? For the men and the women who are discipling you. So that you can be taught of the Lord. Do you understand that? You want to become choice men of choice men and women of God? Excel in the strength, my dear brothers. In your love for the people who mentor you. How do you love? Not with emotions. If you know these things, happy are you? If you do them, if you obey them, see when you listen to the, he who looks in the mirror and he forgets it, he deceives himself. But he who looks in the mirror and he does it and he cleanses himself, it's interesting, right? The labor was supposed to be the place where they have to wash yourself. Okay. The altar was made of bronze. The labor also was made of bronze. But what kind of bronze? Oh, he looked at, Wetzel uh, said, okay, fine, I have to make the labor. But the Spirit of the Lord is saying something. Go outside the tabernacle. So he went outside the tabernacle. He said, he called all the sisters. Sisters, please come here. Please open your purses. What? You have something that I need for the tabernacle. Oh, really? Open the, give me your mirrors, please. They all had what mirrors? Bronze mirrors. <laughs> they had bronze mirrors. I'll tell you where you should use this mirror. Not to see your face, but to see your soul and your spirit. So he took, takes all the mirrors from the sisters. Kya baat hai? In one day, 600,000 sisters have lost their very, very precious <laughs> mirror. Are, you know it now. Every purse has a mirror. You know that, right? Uh, I know it from 21 years, no? <laughs> okay. Well, one thing, one item is definitely there. Yeah. How often do you do it? As often as I can. So how often should you wash your face? In the word of God? Ah, as often as you can. Isn't it amazing? Blessed are you if you do that. And wash your face. See? I, 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 I was stunned when I read that, okay? <laughs> Bethsalel goes outside the camp. All the women are there at the door of the tabernacle. They want to get into the tabernacle with their mirrors. And, but the interesting thing is that all this is still happening in the outer courts. Do you know that? It's amazing. They still have not gone into the holy place. 
washing, cleansing, repenting, blood and water wear. Outer courts, still not going into the holy holy place. At least. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Okay. So, in your love for us. In your love for us. Because they are counted worthy of double honor. That is the reason why you should say, you know, follow those who have who rule have rule over you. You have to um, not be a grievance to them because they are a people who have to give an account for your what? For your souls. Don't become a cause of grief to them. It says, and you say, Lord, I want to excel in this, Lord. I want to put a smile on my leadership face. What a tremendous idea that will be, right? When they look at me, they should smile. It's all worth it. Okay? You're zealous. Are you zealous for me, Moses says to Joshua. Now what has he become? He has become a what man? Choice man. See, only these kinds of people will have eyes of faith. We don't buy, we don't walk by faith, but by what? We don't walk by uh, sight, but by faith. The word for sight is, you know what? We don't buy what by appearance. <laughs> That's a word, actually. We don't walk by appearance, but by faith. Second Corinthians five seven. For those people who don't know, hmm? let's go to Numbers chapter fourteen now, and verse five. The next stage. Onwards, okay? 14, 5 onwards. So we have what, what, what people? Joshua, the Joshua, the assistant Joshua, the young man Joshua, the choice man Joshua, in the young man, the person who is completely tied himself to the altar. He's totally committed, okay? That's what I mean. He's not going to leave his post. That's what I said. He's not going to leave his post. And then we have the next stage. Numbers chapter 14 verse 5. Onwards. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who... Ah, that's interesting. The first you have among the young men. Then you have among the chosen men. Now you are among the people who is going to go and spy and search the land. You know what you're, given, what you're given now? You're given the authority by God to understand and see the promises of God in the scriptures. The life of Christ. It's being opened. Like, things are getting is, are opening up to you now. Getting more and more and more clearer. You're now f- going from the stage of what we call as a scribe to a disciple, now to a place where you can become a what? A householder who can hold the treasuries of God in a good conscience. Understand this, my dear brothers. And what are these people? These are the people who are being what of the Lord? Thought of the Lord. Understand that. So let's see. Spy of the land. Tore their clothes. And let's go on. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. We know it. We can see with eyes of faith. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land to give it to us, a land which flows with what, with what and honey? With milk and honey and look, 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 go on. Only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land for they are our lacham, bread. 
But this time, you ought to be what? Bible says, go to Hebrews chapter 5, please now. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 17 onwards. <clears throat> 5 verse 17. The last, sorry, just a minute please. Hebrews chapter 5, 17, right? 14, 14, sorry. Yeah. But solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is those who by reason having their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now they have discernment. All the people say we are like grasshoppers. You know what these people say? They are bread for us. Everybody searches and says it is impossible to live this life. Now so many times we have heard this, no? Oh, whatever he preaches is impossible. We are like what? Like grasshoppers. Now they know the difference. Those are the people who can be entrusted with the promised land or with the promises of God. Because they have, they are not only going to, are going to teach the promises of God, they have also learned the promises of God in their own lives. Having, having these ex, having these promises, let us what? Cleanse ourselves with, from every filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting what? Holiness in the fear of the Lord. Having this exceedingly great promises so that we can escape the corruption of this world through lust. We have these promises. We are able to understand and learn and discern the life of Christ. I have so many things to say, but I will stop with last. Let's turn now to Numbers chapter 25. 27, sorry. Numbers chapter 27. Numbers chapter 27. You know, this is one of the most poignant, whenever I read this, I really, really get, it really inspires me, okay, it speaks to my heart, it, it convicts me, and, and look at how, how, how God operates, Numbers chapter 27, bro, bro, verses, uh, 15 onwards, my goodness, yeah, 15 onwards, yeah, then Mo- Moses spake to the Lord saying, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation. Now, think about this. Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. Everybody. Okay. Moses finds Joshua. Joshua, the ordinary. Joshua, the assistant. Joshua, the young man. Joshua, the servant. Sorry, sorry the choice man. Joshua, the spy. And now God says, Moses says, Lord, set a man over the congregation. Lord, set Joshua over the congregation. No, 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 no. Set a man over the congregation. You are the God of the spirits of all flesh. And then go on. Verse 17. Who may go out before them and go in before them? Who may lead them out and bring them in? That the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. Then the Lord said, amazing. You know what he says? Take Joshua, the son of Nun with you. A man in whom is the what? Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Let's now go turn to First Corinthians chapter two, verses fourteen onwards. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are what to him? Foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Then go on. But he who is spiritual judges all, all things, but he himself is rightly judged by no one. But how did he come to this point? How did he come to this point? Let's read from verse 11 onwards. 
For what knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of which is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. And then, the things we also speak not with words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. I like that. If all your children will be taught of God. All your children will be taught by the Spirit. Yes, Joshua was a man who was discipled under Moses. But he was a man who was taught by the Spirit. And you know what Moses is saying? Lord, I want a man. Among all these places, he doesn't say, I have a recommendation, Lord. Please can you appoint Joshua, the son of Nun, as the next shepherd? No. You know it, Lord. You know what God says? There's Joshua. In whom is my spirit? I, he has been taught by me. He has been disciplined by me. He has been discipled by me. And he has a spirit in me. Now he's ready to take charge. To become what? The shepherd. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you. A man in whom is a spirit. And lay your hand on him. And then what happens? Read this. Let's go on. And we'll stop. Verse 19 onwards. Yeah. yeah and read it. Set him before Eliezer, the priest. And by this time, Aaron, everybody died. Okay. Before all the congregation. And inaugurate him in their sight. The word is to commission him. To dedicate him. You know, teach a young man that he has the way he, that he has to go when he is young and when he when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know what the word for teaches? Dedicate him. That's the word. Okay, inaugurate him in their sight, and you shall give him some of your authority to him. You see, now slowly he is being entrusted with authority that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. Till this time, God has still not spoken to him directly. But you know what is happening? The Spirit of the Lord was teaching him. That's the difference. It's amazing. It's amazing. Children of Israel may be obedient. Then what happens? So what do I do? What do they do? He shall stand before Elias of the priest who shall inquire before the Lord for him by the judgment of the Urim. All this, all his word, they shall go out and at his word they shall come in. He and all the children of Israel with him, all the congregation. Now he's come to a point where he's not going to be only a young man, the choice man, a spy. Now he's going to become the father of Israel. You know why? In the place of Moses. Who can take the place of Moses, Baba? Anybody? Are you ready? Hmm? Replace Moses. Fill his shoes. Who is sufficient for these things? Even Joshua said, Baba, I don't want it. He didn't say, Lord, yes, I'm here. No. No. It was God who said, you know what? Take that guy. Isn't it interesting? Moses doesn't even go and say, please, I'm recommending Joshua to the position. He was there with me all these days. No. No, no. Lord, you have to sovereignly pick. But you know what God was saying? 
not even Caleb. That's interesting, but it's okay. No, no problem. I'm not going to uh, look down upon Caleb, but look at this guy, Joshua. You see the difference. A man who is taught by God. The question is, can you be taught by God? Or rather, can God be your teacher? Everybody wants to go to the university with the best professors, right? But does that university want to want you? Is a question. That's a question. Everybody wants to go to the top university because they have the best professors. But does the university want you? All the universities will look at your qualification. God is the only person who will look at your character. Joshua, the nothing, the nobody, to the assistant, to the young man, to the choice man, to the spy, and then finally to the shepherd. Where he can be entrusted with not all authority, with some authority. What says thou, my dear brothers and sisters? Do you want to be taught of the Lord? <laughs> Do you want to be discipled of the Lord? You know, Paul looks at all his co-workers and he looks at Timothy and he says, I have not found a man like him who will genuinely be interested in your cause. For everyone seeks his own way, but not him. You have known him. How he stood beside me and served me in the gospel. The Lord is looking for people. See, God can choose um, any path. Some people, he teaches them and disciples them directly. And that happens very rarely, I feel. If you are those choice men whom God can directly disciple you, great, praise God. But most of us fall into the latter category, right? Right? There's only one shepherd. There's a lot of people who are congregation. No, that's God's order. But even though you're being discipled by men, can you be discipled by God is a question. That's my burden, my dear brothers. For all of us, we are coming to the end of the last quarter of this year and things are going to get only tough. But God is looking for people who will be disciplined, discipled and taught of the Lord. And what will be the state of those people? Great will be the what of them? The peace. You know what the word is for peace? Shalom, which means completeness. Shalom means perfection. And all those people who are taught of the Lord, one mark in their lives is maturity, completeness and peace. Strength of character. This maturity. And may the Lord find such people, even in our own church, will say, Lord, I want to be enrolled among those people who will be taught by you. <laughs> Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. We praise you, we worship you. You're a good God. Your mercy endures forever. Lord, we want to be Lord among those assistants, among those young men, among those choice men, among those spies who search out the land. And one day, finally, among those who can be entrusted with authority. Who will truly, genuinely have your heart.
Yes, Lord, it is a long obedience. But it is a long obedience in that one single direction. And Lord, may you find in us those people who will not quit, who will not leave their post because they got offended, who will stick and come under the covering and will never depart from your words, but abide in your word. Let us increase in our reverence for you, in our respect for your word, in our respect for the men of God that you placed us under. Let our growth be evident to all. Because you are at hand, Lord. The Lord is at hand. Is what your word says. Grant us grace to that end we pray. Strengthen us. Anoint us. Because you said, O Lord, the anointing that you have received will teach you all things. And may the anointing abide on each one of us. And may it teach and strengthen the word that was spoken into our lives, into our souls and into our spirits continuously. To that end I pray that you would bless us. Bless us, O Lord, to that end we pray. That is the true blessing that we desire. Not material wealth. Not comforts in this life. But the willingness to pay the price and to be committed to obedience. Thank you, Father. We praise you, we worship you, Lord. And as all of us, as your children, go into another week, go before us, straighten crooked paths for us, and enable us to walk in our deliverance, O Lord. Strengthen us in our resolve to be determined in our pursuit of God. Not to give up, O Lord Jesus. Many of us may be going, may be weak and maybe at the point of giving up. But Lord, I pray, Lord, the Spirit of God would go and strengthen. The paracletos will go aside them and comfort them and strengthen them in their resolve towards being steadfast in their commitment towards you. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.